Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. It wasn't burnout, we still had energy, it 
emotion is a sense of stagnation and emptiness, and it feels as though you're running through your days looking at your life through a foggy windshield. And I know I think I've had a sense of that at times this year. And the byline about this article actually says that this might be the dominant emotion of 2021. So we're halfway through 2021, and some of us might be feeling a little like this. Last year was sort of shock, and we hoped, didn't we? We went into that final flight. We either pulled the Juno over our head, or we sort of faith-filled and, and full of fight, or both, and had seasons of each. But, you know, we, we structured our world last year around coping, gritting our teeth, getting through it, and quite frankly, just praying for a better 2021. And that hasn't happened. And this article went on to say that, you know, this languishing feeling, there's some antidotes to it, take up a new challenge, find an enjoyable experience, or some meaningful work. And they are all great things, but they're not long-lasting. They are momentary passing ways of coping with how we're feeling. And we know that God is not momentary. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is for us, and He wants us to flourish. And then this article talks about languishing as not being depression, but not being flourishing either. Somewhere in the middle. And we know God does not want us parked in that. That He is for us, and He wants us to flourish. In Jeremiah 31 25, in the English Standard Version, we find this verse. And it says, For I, God, will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. And so part of today is about replenishment. God wants to replenish and refresh our present circumstances. He wants to tidy up our past and propel us into our future. And I feel that there is breakthrough in that for today. That is what God's heart for this church is, for everyone who has bought a ticket or grabbed a ticket, and come along today, that is what God has for you. So start already in your heart right now, thinking, okay, God, have I been languishing? Is there stuff from my past that needs tidying up? Is there hope for my future I'd like to take a hold of? Because that is what Holy Spirit has for us today. So we're going to come around some scripture and talk more about this idea of being surrounded, but I'd like just to pray now as we come to the words of the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you so much that you created the Bible to speak to us, your people, over centuries, down through generations, and I thank you that it's living and active, powerful to the dividing of bone and marrow. And that it speaks to us today. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask for your anointing on this word, that it would settle in our spirits, and Lord, that we would open our hearts and take a hold of our part today. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, I'm going to read quite a chunk of scripture. If you have a Bible on your phone or an actual Bible with you, I love seeing Pastor Eden's very pretty Bible there. We're going to read from 1 Samuel 17 and look at the story of David and Goliath. So possibly quite familiar to you all, but possibly looking at a slightly different uh, perspective on that story today. So just a little bit of context. Um, at this point, the Israelites had had King Saul as their king. They asked for a king, and the um, prophet and judge Samuel had anointed Saul. To begin with, he was a great king, 
And then he started to step outside of what God had for him. He wasn't being led by the Lord anymore. And so God's favor had left Saul, and God had told Samuel to go and anoint a new king. And he'd gone to Jesse, who had many sons, and he anointed David to be the future king. So at this point, David is anointed to be the future king, but he is kind of spending some of his time in the palace singing for Saul, and some of his time as a shepherd, still shepherding sheep. So at this point, because all the Israelites have left the, the palace and they've gone off to war against the Philistines, David is back home being a shepherd. This battle, though, has come to a point of stagnation. There's a standoff. And the reason for the standoff is this giant Philistine called Goliath. So picking up in verse 16, it says, For 40 days the Philistine came for every morning and evening and took his stand. So 40 days, over a month, of going out day after day to battle, only to be in this standoff. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this e-pack of roasted grain and ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to the camp. But David's brothers are fighting. Take along these ten sheets to the commander of the unit, see how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Israel fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of the shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. So the Israelites were still shouting the war cry here. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. The battle is on. David leaves his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. And as he was talking with them, the lies of the Philistine champion from Gath stepped out from his lines, shouted his usual defiance, and David heard. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. So, they starting with a war cry, starting with their battle lines, Goliath pops up, they all run away. So this battle is going nowhere for the Israelites' hearts. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He came out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He'll also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Oh my goodness. Prizes for those who can defeat Goliath. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done to the man who kills this Philistine and removes his disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him this is what will be done for the man who will kill him. When Elias, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You just came only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? David said. Can't I even speak? Can you see when I will bring the other? Yeah, anyone got a couple of kids that do this to each other in their home? Yeah. He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And Saul said, Oh, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant is speaking in his 
father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its tail, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put on a coat of armor on him and a bronze hammer on his head. David fastened on the sword over his tunic and tried walking around, because he was not used to them. Cannot go in these, he says, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took up his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. Quite an imposing sight, isn't it? Not just a giant, but he's like an armor bearer and shield bearer. It's like, you know, the entourage coming at him. He looked David over and he saw that he was a little more than a boy, growing with health and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. Do we know if we are familiar with this story? That's exactly what happened. It didn't take five stones, it took one, David defeated him, and it was done. But before this victory, the pilot just to step back and look at what David is surrounded by here. He's surrounded by the Philistine army who hates him because he's an Israelite. He's also surrounded by an Israelite army who are defeated and fearful and running away. And they are spreading the news of, you know, hey, you've seen this guy, he's huge and horrible. Gossip, gossip, gossip. Yeah. Then he is also surrounded by older brothers who are mocking him. And we actually know David's quite a humble guy, and yet they're calling him conceited. So lying, he's bringing lies over him, and that's exactly what the enemy does to us. Comes in that opposite spirit of who God says we are. Then he's surrounded by Saul, who doesn't see his worth. There's a young, and an approaching Goliath. So he's surrounded on every side. Negativity, violence, uh, you know, the battle is a foot, and there's nothing here that's going to encourage David at all. Not one voice is saying, David, you've got this. Not one person is cheering him on, and yet, there's a victory on the outside of this for David. We might be feeling the same. We might be sitting here today thinking every aspect of my world is a mess right now. Negative bills in my financial world. Negative things going on at work. My family is not great right now. My relationships aren't perfect. On every side, we might be feeling surrounded. But that doesn't mean that the victory of the Lord is not about to be in your world. Come on. So we can learn some things from David. There's three lessons here I think we can learn from him. First of all, we can choose who we are listening to. 
somebody else yeah. and take a hold of their armour or their way of fighting the battle. Yeah. We choose to stand in the place that God has for us. David picks up the things familiar to him. God is going to speak to you through the familiar, and that's the word for some of you today. That the things in your world that actually God is using even right now to speak to you, but they're so every day, you're almost missing them. They simply are just, you know, the bag that you put on your shoulder of the shepherd. They are the five stones in your garden on the ground. They are things that God is going to use to speak really clearly to you and give you a victory through. So take a hold of that as well. So David is surrounded here. And this is not the only time that David is surrounded. He is surrounded uh, when Saul starts to get jealous of him. Saul gets so jealous that he wants to kill him. So David has to leave the palace, run off into the wilderness and hide, and he is being hunted by enemies, Saul trying to kill him, and he's surrounded by a wilderness experience. That's not right. Another season of being surrounded for David. So he's had a victory, and now he's surrounded by enemies again. And this happens, doesn't it? Okay, lockdown, another lockdown, here we go again. You know, these things sometimes are on repeat in our life. But this is the season when David writes some beautiful psalms that are in our Bible, that have survived for our, our work and our hearts to pray through. And this is actually how we're going to end our service today. It's where Pastor Eden started our service in Psalm 139. So I'd love the band to come back up if you can. And I love that God has already had you guys so surrounded that the opening scripture today is what God's actually had sitting in my spirit for about a fortnight. Praise the Lord, hey? Cool, and so it's out of this. Psalm 139, the first five verses, as Pastor Eden has brought us, say this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it. Thank you. 
sitting here and you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be perfect. And you know what we said about building our addictions, bringing our burdens to God earlier. Let's put our money where our mouth is, church. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask if we want to pray, if we want the Holy Spirit to lay his hand upon us, that we would come and stand on this altar. The other thing that God really wants to do today is to propel some people into the future. There is a path of grace before you. And I just sense that there's some people who are fearful about stepping out. And you felt that languishing. You felt that, oh, I can't be bothered. I've just got some more Netflix. Oh, I really should get fitter, but I'm just going to be another sinner and donut. So I think, might have been. That there's been a sense of, of, of wanting more, wanting what God has for you, wanting to reach out and take a hold of it, wanting to believe that the gifts that God has placed within you are there for a purpose. And God wants to tell you today, yeah, come on, step forward, I'm going to set a fire on you. I'm going to unload those gifts in you today. So if that's you, if you have a fire in your belly, if you know that you have a prophetic thing, if you know that you have a gift of or whatever the gift is that is stirring within you, whatever it is, it's You're like, Holy Spirit, I'm going to want that to Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.